You're listening to The Esoterics Podcast. Welcome. I am Joe. And I'm Fiora Elise, and this is the Esoterics Podcast. Yay. Hello, friend. Welcome to season two. This is very exciting. Um, happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year. Although we did spend New Year's together, so <laughs> <laughs> we totally did, which blew my mind that when you mentioned that that we had met less than a year ago or a little uh-huh. over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like who who does that, right? Like who meets people and then <laughs> online and then um says, let's let's spend holidays. Could you spend holidays with your closest, right? Especially yeah. something like that. So. It was just it was just funny because I came to that realization and we we're sitting at the table together and then I was like, you know what? Like, well, I was just thinking of like where I was the year before. And the year before we also took a vacation. That's when we were in New Mexico. And I remember sitting in that living room at the Airbnb and think and talking to, to my husband and being like, hey, you know, I think I'm going to sign up for this intuitive development with um, with this person that I had my a session with. And he's like, oh, yeah. Like, and so we were talking about it. And that's when I sent you the email. I remember sitting on that sofa and sending you the email. And I was like, how crazy to think that like <laughs> a year later we would be like, you know, sitting across from each other. Just that much is, is was kind of mind blowing. That is. And, you know, I totally believe that I met my soul family, that this move to Portland prompted the meeting of my soul family, because there's been, um, I mean, definitely you, I mean, top of the list, but there have been other people where I've been like, wait a minute, that's what? That feels very soul family-ish. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a very cool story. Well, one of these days in our memoirs, we'll have to uh, write about that. Yep. Yeah. All right. So what else is going on like in the new year for you? Um so I've I'm working on some some stuff, some classes. <laughs> I'm taking a few um uh mentorships myself. I've joined um a curanderismo mentorship that starts in March. That's um that's actually with with Erica, with Erica Buenaflor. Um, and yeah, and so I'm just kind of participating and learning and, you know, just trying to do some self-development and seeing where it takes me. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And today is actually a new moon. We're taping on a new, or is it the full moon? It's the full moon, full moon. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, the full moon. Um, and you know, all of the astro, um, oh my gosh, the people that, that, that I follow, the articles, the astrologists, you know, the moonologists, they're all, that this year is all about new, brand new movements forward, transitions, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. imagine where you're going to be from a, a year from now. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know this, this full moon is a really great time to set up what what you want that moon to shine on like what do you want that moon to illuminate for the rest of this year it's a really great way to start off the year oh that you know what my legs are tingling when you said that can you talk a little bit more about that so this full moon is in cancer so and and it is 
um well by the time this airs it will be friday so it will mm-hmm. have it will have set off um but there aren't any eclipses during this this winter season for this year so it it is just the best time to set that up what um let your feelings out as far as um because it's a cancer moon and cancer is very emotional uh, yes they rule emotions yeah so write out the emotions it's the emotions of how you want how you want to feel how, how you want to feel yeah how, like and and it's actually perfect for what we're going to be talking about today but i mean that's a little bit later down but yeah uh illuminating that really writing getting into that write it down but also allow yourself to get into that space of feeling because that's like the core of manifestation is getting yourself into that feeling and accepting that you're there Okay. So that's the, that's my going to be my full moon ritual. It's, I'm not going to focus on release. I'm going to focus on my feeling and visualization and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, that's very exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. So how about you? What's new with you? Oh my goodness. I mean, so many things, you know, just life. I mean, we took this really long break um, between season one and two, which I really enjoyed, but it also gave me time to miss it because, you know, the Mm -hmm. five in me, I get bored easily. And I wasn't bored with the podcast, obviously, but um, anytime I have to do something, it's like, uh, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. (laughs) So I need a kick in the pants to remind me. Um. So mostly I'm just focusing on where I want to go. You know, what do I want? Where do I want to be in a year from now? Um, I start um, school this week, um, the 19th. It's a um, a six-week course, which is going to lead into another six-week course. So that's going to be a total of 12 months, and it's metalsmithing. Awesome. Um, and I'm just going to take it back to basics. Okay. The majority of the things that I'm going to be learning, I already know, but I've, I'm self-taught. And so now it's time to really up my game. So it's about mastery, okay. mastering the basics, because hopefully in March, I'm going to launch my first collection. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. I'm still doing readings, um, but classes and workshops, they're all going to be available as, as downloads versus... Um, live classes. It's just sort of what I'm shifting and making room for. Um, That, that goes with the intuitive development class. And that's going to be available in February. I know I said January, but guys, seriously, I'm a procrastinator. I am the worst. (laughs) I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say, Oh, I've been very busy. Nope. I'm a fucking procrastinator. (laughs) So I have to give myself a deadline, a date, and then I get shit done. I'm a, I'm a last person deadline person and I work really well under deadlines so I'm I I am I can give myself that I do the same thing yes it's like you know I love to say I'm gonna do all sorts of shit and then when it comes time to do it I'm like uh Uh. (laughs) I'm very busy here watching Buffy the vampire slayer and petting my dog very busy is that what you've been watching (laughs) no but I tell you what I've seen every single Buffy episode there is and I used to own the video um, but I got rid of it when I oh, you moved, which is really, yes. Like, why would I do that? I, I got rid of it. I never really got into Buffy. Um, what? No, I just didn't. I, I mean, I liked other, that's, that was more, was that vampire, right? Is that what that was about? Yeah, she was a vampire slayer. Right. Yeah. 
I I was more into like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And, oh yeah, I like. Have Have you seen the net the Netflix? The Sabrina? No, my daughter watched it, uh, and my daughter watched it. She said she liked it. I I just haven't. You got to do it. That's badass. I loved it. Okay. Um, I was okay. a little bit bummed at how it ended. Like what? Okay. But, um, but yeah, no. Buffy had seven seasons, and um, it was one of those shows. I'd be like, nobody call me, nobody text me, nothing if it's on, because I'm not going to answer the phone. So it's funny that you say that, because my husband started watching. I'm totally writing him out. He started watching <laughs> Dawson's Creek because they, they put it on Netflix. <laughs> and I used to watch Dawson's Creek like that when I was like 12, though, right? Like I was a 12 year old girl, and so me and my best friend at the time. Um, we would call each other and be like, are you ready? Okay, yes, it's on. And then so we'd hang up and then we'd watch it and then we'd call each other at the end and talk about it. <laughs> but, okay. but so my husband started watching it and, I, and I'll, I'll watch it with him too. But I stopped watching it at some point when I was a kid. Like I didn't, I like I'm, we're rewatching all these episodes. I'm like, I don't remember any of this, like none <sighs> of this. I, I remember the first season. And I think I was done with it after that. I don't know. <laughs> You're like I'm through this. Was it because you realized Dawson is a whiny little bitch? Because that's Dawson. exactly why I hate that show. Dawson but is a whiny little He's bitch. a whiny little bitch. It's like, you know what? Just shut the fuck up. So are you team so is is your husband team Dawson or team Casey? I, you know, I don't know. I don't think he likes any of them. I think what? he just watches it like a ship, like a, like a, what is it? A, <laughs> a train, train wreck. wreck. Yeah, because he can't look away, but I don't think he likes any of them. When I, when, when I originally watched it, I was Team Pacey, but now looking at it, I'm like, I don't think I like any of you anymore either, but, um. I, I always thought Casey was way more, way sexier than Dawson. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm not it's a blonde just, guy. I don't yeah, like blondes. Yeah, me, me either. But but it just feels weird now because it's like, okay, I'm much older now. Now I'm like yeah. checking out a teenager, and now it's weird. Like whereas oh, before I was a kid, creepy. yeah, it just feels creepy now. So I'm like, eh, you're just kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, the thing that I've found, and I remember that when they talked about this in the '90s, they would say like, oh, because it's such a like cool show, because like how they talk to each other and it's like nobody fucking talks to each other like that at that age yeah. that show is clearly written by adults and these mm -hmm. kids are saying words it's like you know right. you don't talk like nobody talks like that it was like it was the adult version of what they believe teen angst should look like mm -hmm. and the type of knowledge now granted right we didn't have the internet i didn't have the internet when i was when i was a teen um and so you know they're the kids now are exposed to a lot more sure. i just read a post the other day um i forget where i read this post it was i was it was on facebook or or instagram and it was um a 17 year old who was critiquing a book mm -hmm. um or a movie oh the euphoria actually um the hbo series euphoria which is about um drugs and teens and I stuff heard, uh -huh. yeah and it, it gets really good reviews and everything well i read a review on it and this she she was i was like my god if you're 17 and you're writing this yeah I, I just just her general use of the English language to describe it yeah. was amazing. So yeah. there is a bit of a difference, but you know, other than that, I, I do just think that 
kids now are much more woke than yes. they used to be. For sure. So I think actually a show like Dawson's Creek would probably work better now than than that show carries on, you know, today. I just I don't, I don't find yeah. it believable for one minute anymore. So no, although it did um, give Michelle Williams a platform, who is an amazing um, actress, it's and so she how, came out of it. Yeah, and, it's crazy how she yeah. ended up, you know, you know, out of out of that and and out of all those people. And actually, James Vanderbeek. Um, yeah. Did you ever watch the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three? I think it was no. a show for like one season. Okay, he's on that show, and I want to say he plays himself. But mm-hmm. he is fucking hilarious. Like it's, it's a good one. So good. So I much, much rather watch him on that than watch him. Yeah. yeah. Well, when he's not being such a whiny little bitch, exactly. he's probably, um, you know, a good, good actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. I love that segue, that Dawson's Creek segue. <laughs> and shout out to your hubs um, because, um, yeah, well, I'll have to, we'll have to, you'll have to give us updates throughout the season of, you know, how he's reacting to various news and occurrences him, <laughs> at the creek. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and I know he's going to watch it all the way through. Like, he doesn't <laughs> abandon shows. So. <laughs> I can love it. Oh, all right, my God. So the rule is, is we call um, people out who um, binge hilarious shows or shows that we wouldn't think they would. Right. <laughs> what What are you, what'd you recently binge? Anything? Uh, the last show that I've binged was Working Moms. And okay, I haven't seen that one. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just Writing hilarious. It it's hilarious. It's Canadian show, but it's just hilarious. Um, they just get in certain, certain situations where you're just, it's just as funny. And that's what I like. I like stuff that is more just humorous and uplifting and I don't feel like, oh, that's heavy. Like, yeah. yeah. That, that's- Have you seen Ted Lasso? Yes. Yeah. 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 We talked about it. Um, All right. So I just got done binging Harlots, H-A-R-L-O-T-S. Yes. And it's like like 17, 1800s England. Um, Oh my God. That show is amazing. And it stars Samantha Morton, who was like the empath in some dumb Tom Cruise movie. And she was in recently in the walking dead. Mm. Samantha Morton's a badass. Um, And it is the coolest show, especially if you have a past life where you were a prostitute. I have several. Um, and wow, does it take you back? Like for me, I would I would be watching something and then I would have these crazy little like, oh, this feels familiar. This oh. feels familiar. Why does this feel so familiar? But yeah, it's it's a really good period piece. It's, you know, it not really funny but it's also yeah. it's just good yeah so I, you know it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was just listening to it was somebody talking to they were talking about a client um a medium and she was telling the client how the things that you resonate with or the things that resonate with you especially when it comes to entertainment ha- usually have a lot to do with your yeah. past life like yeah. what what is interesting those people who love you know world war 2 documentaries mm-hmm. and they just cannot get enough of that stuff there's yeah. usually some you know some uh or Egyptian history or Roman history or whatever it was, but like there's usually something or the vampire thing, right? Like vampires yeah. or witches. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff. I, for me, I think it's always been stuff that has to do with like that, like the occult, like witches, mm-hmm. dark, 
a little bit darker stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I know I've had past lives where that's been part of my life. The other thing too, though, if when, since I was little, I always had like this, um, thing with like Jesus, <laughs> like, I don't know if I've ever told Yeshua. <laughs> yeah. Where I was just like, he's cool just like in mm-hmm. like a thing of like i just think he's a cool guy mm-hmm. like not in not necessarily in a religious way of like oh you know i'll, I'll be almighty and like all reverence mm-hmm. to you more just like oh he's like cool he's like he's like my friend i don't mm-hmm. know so he's down ass dude yeah. he's, he's like the original hippie yeah. i think right yes. with his sandals and everything yes yeah, so. his long-haired long-haired hippie people need not apply <laughs> Um, so Harlots is on Hulu, just in case anybody is interested in that. But um, um, when you were talking about like vampires and the occult and all of that stuff, um, there was something that I was thinking of that that popped into my head, a show or something, and now it's gone. So well, there's people, you know, like uh, even like Harry Potter, right? And wizards mm-hmm. and magic mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, it has a lot to do with Mm -hmm. maybe what you experienced in the past life so if anyone who's interested in maybe getting clues look that's a way to to look at clues of what are you attracted to what resonates with you just entertainment wise reading wise all that and that i'm sure that's a pretty strong clue of where you've been in past lives yeah yeah i know i talked about um why i actually am a silversmith in this lifetime is because of a past life where i was a blacksmith and i saw this vase and i was just floored i couldn't <sighs> believe yeah so yeah. cool stuff right That's very cool. hey can we talk about oh uh, the retreat yes okay all tell right. us tell us all right so i know this has been pending so we have our second retreat this is journey the soul and yay yay this one is taking place in west olive michigan the dates are may 27th through may 29th and so this is just a few minutes from the lake michigan shore um, a uh, pricing right now is open for early bird enrollment. That's seven eleven, and that's as long as you enroll before um, February first. After that, it's eight eight eight, and we do have payment plans available if you need them. Um, we will also have the option for add-ons. Um, this is up to we we have up to six spots available. This is for um like a small group private integration. This is after. Um, the retreat on the Monday that's with with Joe and I. So if you are interested in that, everything that we're covering in this retreat is in pretty much intuitive development. It's like a fast track weekend chocked full of intuitive development is essentially what it is. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to have some, um, we're going to have some beach bonfires or at least one, right? No. Um, um, and some creative work as well. There's um, a massage, there's a massage chair um, and a Reiki table. We're going to have um, Cassie's parlor um, is going to come and she's going to, um, I forget what she's going to do, but it's going to be um, a crafting session, um, something that relates to the weekend. I totally forgot. Okay. Sorry, Cass, um, but that's okay because it makes it um, more of it in... A surprise. Um, I mean, there's just so many good things. Yummy food. Um, you know, we can have cocktails around the fire. So it's just going to be a really fun, amazing, lovely, wonderful weekend. So I'm excited about it. And uh, more information and the full links and everything are going to be linked in the show notes, or you can just go to esotericspodcast.com. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's all ready to go. Um, 
the where to you do need to email us to find out the the payment link to make payment um because i didn't want to just didn't want to just throw it out there on the interwebs but um mm-hmm. it's easy peasy it's all set up let's do this um, there, listen, um, today, after today's episode, um, there's going to be a Zoom call on Sunday the 23rd at 4 p.m. We're going to dig a little deeper into today's topic. What are we talking about today, Fiora? Today we are talking about the intuitive body. All right. All right. So? All right. So it's January and, you know, this is the time we all set or a lot of us set resolutions or things we want to do different over the year before we've been quarantined for like two years now (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh you know so we we're we haven't not all of us have been able to be as active we have you know a few maybe extra pounds we put on over quarantine a few uh, unless you're you know an actress who can afford to hire personal trainers and personal chefs and get in the or somebody best, to eat for you. best shape of your life but you know no hate to you i mean that's wonderful but but right. we just thought it would be an important conversation to have today to talk about how intuition and your mind and just the whole idea of being spiritual and how this relates to to your body and you know we're going to just kind of talk about a lot of different things that kind of popped up for us that we thought felt were important to talk about that um, maybe not everybody talks about all the time because it's just easy to be like, okay, I'm going to go on a diet plan. I'm going to do low carb, keto, whatever, and I'm going to exercise. And then, you know, you do it for three months and then you fall off the wagon and then what? Like, and then it's just done. So, and see, for me, it doesn't even last three months. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I can get through a week, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky. And the thing is, is that it's not about, it's not that I suck. It's that I just don't have the focus or the thing that is really keeping me motivated. So that's mm-hmm. another um, thing that's uh, we can explore too. Like what motivates you? What keep us? What keeps us focused? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and also the the diet culture thing, right? I mean, I, I feel like there's been a lot of really important shifts over the last couple of years, though, of people calling out diet culture for what it is. Yeah. And for saying no, like we're not, you know, we're not doing this. We're not counting. We're not counting calories. We're not counting macros. We're not doing this, this, and that because it's unhealthy. Doing it because it's yep. because what's the point? Like who who can who wants to live a life constantly <laughs> tracking what they're eating? Like no. fuck that. <laughs> no. No. Uh, no, and and I would rather explore my brain and what makes me um, lose that focus versus what you know using that brain to say you know yeah I've I've eaten five hundred calories today I have you know four hundred more or some ridiculous amount mm-hmm. right so no yeah I'm not doing it yeah and there's a book that we read that we recommend helps to shed a lot of light on this on the like the spirituality and how you can incorporate that to change your body and it is called um shape-shifting the body mind spirit weight solution by lisa bonice yeah. you were actually it's the a, one that recommended good. that book to me yeah i found it randomly um actually i had asked spirit for some guidance and some help and did they of course always you know come through but i found it randomly and um i just thought it was interesting the shape-shifting part like, wait a minute, shape-shifting, you know, we think, um, you know, we think spirit animals or, mm-hmm. you know, metaphysical or something. Right. And so that's what 
piqued my interest. And then I was like, what? Because it's, it, it basically, she gives you the map to do this thing that I've always known in the back of my mind. Back when I had my studio in Lansing, Mm -hmm. I had a group called um, work, uh, work group empaths and weight or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was this work group that focused on not the food, but it focused on what are all of the different metaphysical ways that we can use to incorporate weight loss versus diets Uh, because nobody wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it sort of struck something in me. Yeah. I feel like whenever you, like the, whenever you subscribe to the word diet and you've got to maybe change your understanding around that word because the diet is just literally just means it's whatever you eat. Not saying like you only eat, you know, X, Y, Z and you cut out carbs and that's the, you know, it's what you eat in your day to day is technically just your diet. That's all it means. It's the food that you eat. Right. So allowing yourself to separate that, to separate that definition of, oh, like diet equals bad. Like, no, diet is just what I eat. That's it. Yeah. What I what I loved about the book, like you said, the sh- the shape shifting component of putting the emphasis back on the internal and what goes on in your head, because a lot yeah. of the times it's like you said, it's you can only do things for so long because it's like it's almost like your brain's not letting you, like your right. your your being your motivation's gone or you whatever you feed into just you feel lazy or just like, yeah, I just don't want to fucking do that anymore. Or that cake just looks really good. And I just want to have that. (laughs) Or here's, here's, here's the other one that I struggle with is that when I start to do really well and I start to get compliments, then the subconscious child kicks in. Uh That's the, um, that's the foundation for, um, you know, having um, experienced um, molestation and abuse as a child. So then that sub it's, there's the, the, that sort of subconscious attempt to hide, mm-hmm. you know, my femininity and my beauty and my desirability that kicks in. And mm-hmm. so then it's like, diet's over, I'm done. And as an adult, even though you realize this, mm-hmm. it's still very difficult to say, hold on, baby, hold on, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what my focus is going to be this year is, is soothing that inner child. But yeah. there's so much other, so many other things you got to get through. And I'm glad you bring that up because, yeah, that is that is so much inner child work. But that's and that's because it's the ego. Right. And that's what the ego is. A lot of times it's it's keeping you safe. And the ego is a lot of times mostly shaped by our childhood experiences because our ego in general is shaped by our lifetime experiences. But usually our childhood experiences are the ones that stick the most to us affect us the most because they've been there the longest and it's just how the deepest we yeah we've learned to operate from that point so it becomes this task of talking to your inner child and Mm -hmm. and communicating with them and letting them know like that that they are safe first and foremost and that they are loved on top of that and then Again, the, the communication of what am I doing in this moment to help heal the inner child? Um, so, and, and just a side note, this is, this is one of the things that I had to learn to undo a few years ago, maybe like, I don't know, four or five years ago, um, was to stop rewarding myself with food because I'm yeah. not a dog. <laughs> <Is that> right? <laughs> right? I am not an animal. <laughs> 
So, so to, so to disconnect that, because that for the long time was, again, that was a diet culture thing of like, Mm -hmm. oh, cheat day. Like, oh yes, I eat great Monday through Friday. It's the weekend, you know, I can let loose or whatever. I don't have to stick to a diet plan. And then back, you know, you start back up on Monday and then you're, you know, back to square one. It's punitive. It's this punitive energy. Cheat day is a reward, but it's not. It's like, you get to do whatever you want. You get to go revert back to your old ways or blah, blah, blah. Exactly. It's, yeah, it doesn't it, it doesn't make sense. So when it comes to going back to rewarding the inner child, uh, look for other other things. What other things would work for rewarding that inner child? Because that's the thing is that exercise and being active doesn't have to be a chore. It can be fun. Like I shit a lot on Zumba because I think it's glorified line dancing. But but if you like to dance. And you enjoy Zumba, go do it. Because do just because I Have don't fun. like it doesn't mean that it's wrong and doesn't mean that it's not going to work for you. But okay, like I was just talking to my mom, mom, my mom about this last week because she was saying um, she's she's taking a stress leave from work and she um, she went to the doctor and I don't remember what it was that they were telling her, but I was, I was saying, I'm like, you just, you need to exercise. I'm like, and I'm not talking about like going to the gym and lifting weights necessarily for you. Like, but you like to dance. So I'm like, so just go out and dance or, you know, put on some music and like dance at home. I don't know. Like, you you know, you have a boyfriend, like go, go out and go dancing or do something, do something that feels good for your body. And for people who uh, I've had, a few friends that have very uh, physically demanding jobs where maybe they walk all day or they lift heavy things all day. So maybe going to the gym and w- lifting weights after doing a whole day of lifting boxes and stuff, that's not conducive to health. So maybe for you, something it's, it's the balance. It's the balance of, okay, so I'm not going to do any more lifting, but I'm going to go home and maybe do some yoga or just, just stretch or do a meditation, but it's about finding the balance between, you know, what, what am I already doing too much of? So for me personally, like that's, I do too much sitting. So for me, I, I enjoy going to the gym. I I need to have that level of activity and also that release of excess energy because I sit too long between work or sitting in a car all day. It's just, it's too much. So my balance for me just happens to be the gym. But uh, yeah, definitely the inner child work can be life-changing and it is so important, especially if you have had any kind of childhood trauma, but especially the sexual trauma, because like you said, the way that that you end up protecting yourself, the way that your body ends up trying to protect itself from more of that happening to it, a lot of times turns into excess weight, like excess weight. it, it's just, yeah, it's a way of just protecting. Yeah. Pr- it's protection, protection, you know, and then you have to ask yourself, well, I have to ask myself whenever I get triggered, you know, why do I fear de- being desirable? Mm-hmm. Why? Really, what is yes. it, right? Why do I fear being attractive? Yeah. Um, and it's not that I fear those things in a, in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, being desirable means that you um, attract um, you know, um, as a child being desired is wrong. Right. Sure. So that's, sure. there's just this whole mental, you know, fuckery that goes on that you have to sort through and pick through. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you don't have those tools, 
which I am, you know, realizing that I don't, and I'm learning what those are, then what's your, what's your subconscious or your immediate response? Um, comfort. I want to feel, I, I feel unsafe, feel comfort, comfort feel food, mm-hmm. you know, so safety is, it, it's, it goes a bunch of ways. Yeah. I want to touch back on um, physical activity. So mm-hmm. I have this book um, called The Life You Were Born to Live, and it's a guide to finding your life purpose. This was the book that we got at um, Powell's oh, when, uh-huh. when yes. you were here in, in Portland. It's by Dan Milliman. And when we were leafing through it at the, um, at um, at Powell's, um, we were both like, oh, this is a book on numerology. And I'm like, oh, numerology, I'm going to pick it uh-huh. up. But once I got into it, it's a different system of numerology. This is actually, it's based on numerology, but it's about life purpose. Okay. And one of the cool things in this book is that it gives you um, a breakdown of health or exercise or physical activity that is more appealing to a person based on their life path, which is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And then I read mine and it was spot on. And mine as a 33, six, uh-huh. also a 15, six uh-huh. is that I'm drawn to exercise that feels natural and balanced. Um, a simple, efficient routine incorporating the essential elements, breathing, stretching, toning, and relaxation. And that's always, I hate, I don't like, I don't like physical activity. Mm. I don't like to sweat. I don't like to pump iron. I don't like to do any of that. I like to stretch and tone and walk and all of those okay. things. So, so this is a cool um, a cool book. So anybody that joins us on the Zoom call, if you want to know um, what exercise is best for you um, based on your life path, just let me know and I will pull this book out and figure it out for you. Well, we're going to do that on the Zoom call. Yeah, let's do that on the Zoom call because yeah. I want to know yeah, mine. Yeah, Zoom call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I I was just one more thing about the inner child that you mentioned. I think in that moment when that inner child is screaming, like, no, like, um, it's important to circle back and, and tell her, look, I'm an adult now and I can keep us safe. I keep us safe. Nothing's, no one's going to hurt us. No one's going to touch us if we don't want to be touched. Like no one's, no one's coming after us and reassuring her that, that that's the truth because we are adults yeah. now and we can keep ourselves safe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot more to it for me specifically, but that's, that's exactly how you soothe the inner child. And, um, wow, it can feel, um, and you know, this is, these are just my feelings, but wow, sometimes it can feel a little bit like overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I had mentioned this on, in the group that sometimes I find myself in that whole mindset of, I want to be rescued. I want to be rescued. And then I realize, oh, this comes from, you know, that whole thing. So this is the year where I'm going to figure all that out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really address it and kick it in the butt. Yeah. Um, there was, there's something else that's in, in this shape shifting book where, she talks about comparison. And again, this is more of yeah. that shedding of the diet culture thing because, you know, with social media and all the different influencers that are out there and people telling you, like, sharing what they eat on the daily and da da da. And it's like, well, I want to look like her. So I'm going to. I'm going to eat what she eats so that I can look like her. But at the end of the day, you're still two different people and you have your own individual body and what works Mm -hmm. for that person's body doesn't mean that it's going to work for yours. So releasing that and releasing that comparison too. um, 
I've had to do that over the last few years because my like my Instagram account normally it started as that as basically just an accountability profile. And so over the years, you know, I followed a lot of different fitness people and people who would share workouts and all this stuff. But I found that so much of it is like, first of all, they're just trying to keep engagement up. So and and unfortunately, with workouts, the thing that works the most is like kind of boring. It's kind of a lot of the same shit, a lot of, you know, just um, increasing the weight or increasing the reps over time on the same exercise that you've been doing. And yeah, you switch up here things here and there but but otherwise and, and that's boring it's boring to constantly post that you know on online and you're not going to get the same engagement over time so they have to you know come up with these creative ways to switch it up or whatever and it becomes detrimental because a lot of that those exercises are bullshit or they're not yeah. functional or whatever yeah. they just don't they're they're not actually maximizing the benefit of the movement wasn't Instagram recently called out by somebody? It was a, uh, it was a, um, um, a celebrity for being like the devil, you know, because of that whole um, sort of culture of comparison where we see all these mm-hmm. idealized and stylized timelines, and we're like, my life sucks because I'm not accomplishing <laughs> and doing and looking and feeling and all these things. Yeah. Um, it was recently called out, like it's, it's, a, it's not a good place for kids. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. There's been there's been a few. I know um, Jamila Jamil is one of the ones or she a lot of times calls out she she calls out the Kardashians a lot for you know promoting those diet teas and yeah. waist trainers and all that bullshit because it's not it none of it works. It's they're just somebody trying to sell you a product, and right. that's so much of social media. So so in the book, Lisa talks about accepting your own body and if anything if you need some kind of um i don't like inspiration is maybe looking at somebody in your own family who has like a different like a maybe a slimmer version of your own body like <laughs> hip consistency that kind of stuff but i'm like but yeah. we don't all have that like i i mean i i'm one of the oldest ones in my family and mm-hmm. i don't look like a lot of people in my family Um, so, I mean, that doesn't, doesn't necessarily work for me. What I have found though, is just coming to the acceptance that I am shaped different than other people and that's okay. I'm not going to look like, I don't know. I'm just going to, not going to look like other people because I can only look like a better version of myself and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I read that, what I got from it is, um, I, I look like my mom, right? We have the same, we have the, I have my mom's body, but that we also have my grandma's body and my grandma who's passed over. There's this beautiful picture of her in her flower garden. And she's, it's like 1940s. And she's got this beautiful 1940s dress on and she looks like a pinup girl and her body is, that's, that's the body that I idealize using Lisa's suggestion, you know, to find somebody in your, in your family. That's the body. And it's not even about idealizing it. It's just saying at my healthiest weight, Uh Uh my perfect weight, that's what I'm going to look like. And it's, it's, it's just this regular old body. It's nothing. Sure. Va va boom or anything like that. It's just a body. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So again, like we can each take what take what works for you, yeah. right? I mean, that's really what yeah. it comes down to. Um, one of the things you, you kind of touched on was about comfort food. And she talks yeah. about this in the book as well, as far as how comfort food feels good in the mouth, 
But healthy food feels good in the body. In the body. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. taking the time to actually taste your food without distraction so that the mouth can get what it needs and yep. and that you don't end up overeating or having to con- you know just over consume because the body's or the mouth isn't getting what it needs um and yeah. allowing your your body to have you know the the nutrition Having, yeah what it wants so it, this that actually touches upon that the the recent story where i was um i was standing in front of the refrigerator and my normal um it, thing is to just pull out leftovers. I don't really like to cook mm-hmm. in the morning. There's too much going on. I like to have my coffee and be left alone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just me and my dog. So, you know, leave me alone. But leftovers are easy and I prefer leftovers. Yeah. I'm not really a big breakfast food person. All right. Okay. So when I'm pulling the leftovers out to throw them into the microwave, I just got this overwhelming sense in my body. It was mostly located in my abdomen, my gut, uh, my solar plexus and sacral. And um, and then clairaudiently, I heard with my inner hearing, your body doesn't want that. Um, you no. can have that for lunch. And I was like, of course, I was like a, you know, like a petulant child, like, man, I don't want to cook. So and then I just started pulling out vegetables and protein because it said you want vegetables and protein. And I made this lovely stir fry. It took maybe 10 minutes. I don't know what the big deal was, but chicken Mm -hmm. and stir fry. Um, Simple, Mm -hmm. no carbs, no rice, lots of flavor. And I sat down and I ate that and um, it, it felt wonderful because this is what was going through my body. Number one, my mindset was I ate something that's healthy. I ate something that's good for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I ate something that is delicious and that I love. Yeah. But now how it affects my body, how my body processes it was completely different than if I had eaten the carb breakfast. I felt energized. I felt um, light. I felt ready to go. I didn't feel heavy. I didn't feel that gluten because I'm, I'm really gluten intolerant, especially in the mornings. Yeah. I didn't feel any of that. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> so that is sort of um, sort of a really good example of listening, you know, to your body, um, even when you don't want to, yeah. because of the impact that that food actually has on your physical body. Mm-hmm. Because you and I are always breaking everything down into science, yeah. right? The science of it, the science of this and of that. But Let's talk about the science of food that interacts with your physical body. Your physical body is an organic being. Um, Mm -hmm. That food is organic. So those two things, not all organic things are going to be compatible. And so really it's about compatibility and science um, when it comes to feeling good. That's not – that's just one of the aspects that you can look at this. Right. If if you're like me who is like, I hate diets. I don't – you know, I don't want to do that. Uh, There – so Lisa um, references a book called The Magic in Food by Scott Cunningham. And that one talks about the different – so if we're all made of energy, including food – and Lisa reiterates this point over and over and over throughout the book about just getting it through your head and the acceptance that we are all energetic beings, but also everything because everything is made out of atoms and it's all energy, that everything is energy, so including food. but um, And because – it's energy, it has a certain vibration, and certain foods vibrate at a different level. Um, and usually, like 
greens and just the healthier food because it has it's made of mostly water um it has a higher vibration but in that the magic in food he actually breaks down like how certain some foods are um more for protection or comfort and other foods are more for anywhere from like um sexual energy or um even like money um and so so there's there's different different levels of food which i thought that was an interesting approach yeah um that's very cool i'm gonna actually pull that up and check it out and, and look at it here yeah one of the things that helped me um just a couple years ago was I did this and I don't recommend this for everyone because it was kind of, it was hard, but it was a, it was a sugar cleanse diet. And this wasn't like, I wasn't drinking like teas or, and it wasn't like subscribing to like a thing or whatever. It was essentially just um, following a certain meal plan for like four weeks and eliminating the sugar out of my diet. And the first week was fucking hell because you don't realize how much sugar you are ingesting and that sugar is in everything yeah. but there, there wasn't although I did this I did not understand the science behind it so yeah. I did it and then all I knew was after I was done with four the four weeks was like I feel great and I want to yeah. like keep doing this but I also I struggle with I can't eat the same food all the time I right. need variety and I also yeah and I also like to eat out I I enjoy restaurants. I, um, you know, and I don't want to limit myself in that way. So I ended up finding this book called Body Love by Kelly Levesque. And she breaks down the science behind the blood sugar curve. So essentially it's, um, okay, if you ever notice when you eat like a high carb meal, like something with rice or like sushi, for example, um, it's a lot of rice, a lot of carbs. And for some reason, after you eat sushi, like two, three hours later, you're just like hungry again. Sugar spikes. Sugar yeah. spikes. Yeah. So it's just because when you consume a lot of carbs, a lot of sugar, uh, especially early in the morning, um, it causes your blood sugar to just go up, like just sharp up. And then once it falls, it's like a sharp, you know, a sharp fall down. And then all of a sudden your body's like, I need more, I need more. Um, mm -hmm. Where so she teaches you essentially just to eat to lengthen the blood sugar curve. Um, what I found about it was that it was just a doable thing. Like it's not it's not something like where she's prescribing, like you can only eat X, Y, Z and you have to like measure your food. It, it wasn't like that. It was just in court as as long as your meals incorporate protein, healthy fats, greens and fiber in every single meal. That's all you need. So if you mm -hmm. if if you want to have your carbs, if you do want to have the rice, just make sure there's a lot of fiber in your food as well. Right. The balance. Yeah, it's the balance yeah. thing. And that's what I for me, I felt like it was just very approachable and just mm -hmm. and I could still go out and eat out and and still enjoy the foods that I liked without feeling like, oh no, this is bad for my diet. Like, no, I never felt like I was on a diet. No. Um, yeah. You're just making, you're just making specific choices. Yeah. And really the fiber thing makes all the difference. Like, yeah. I love bread I, and I'm not going <laughs> to not have bread. No, no. Hey, so I want to talk about um, a, a portion of this book um, and it's um, called Loving Your Body. Mm -hmm. So she points out that the way the food, oh, food makes you feel, because this is 90% of eating is about emotion, yes. right? Very few of us eat for fuel. Mm -hmm. um, so 
the way a food makes you feel when you eat it can tell you how it's sort of impacting your body. She says helping or hurting. I don't know that that's a, a good way to look at it. I think it's how is this impacting mm -hmm. your body or your feelings? So basically she says, she says, if you eat an orange, you feel alive and vibrant, right? Because um, it's that zap of energy. Um, but when you eat like ice cream or pasta and bread, it makes you feel full and solid and comforted and hugged and love, right? Mm -hmm. All those warm, fuzzy feelings. Um, but so she says that if that's the only way that you get those feelings, you're going to load up on those foods. That's the core of emotional eating. So what I, the other thing that I love is that she mentions, she, she does talk about the energy of food. She talks about the essence of food, that level of vibration, uh -huh. how a food vibrates. Veggies and fruits, they're mostly water, like you said, so they vibrate higher. Um, so going back to that list that we were talking about, um, so bread and rice and potatoes and tortillas and all of those things, those give us that feeling of warmth, of protection, mm -hmm. protection and comfort. Yeah. Um, whereas like, you know, things like as whoops, um, asparagus and um, carrots and celery and cucumbers, all those vegetables, they give us various different feelings like sex, love, beauty, um, you know, healing, peace, all that stuff. So mm -hmm. it is very interesting to take a look at what you subconsciously assign uh, because anytime I do a channel about, you know, weight or anything, spirit says every single time they say, it's not what you eat. It's the energy that you are consuming it with. Right. So if you're yeah. eating a piece of cake and you're like, this cake is going to make me fat this cake is gonna yeah, make it's going straight to my thighs good for mm -hmm. me yeah it's mm -hmm. that's what the and that's your that's intention and you know you yep. and I both talk about how important intention is but yeah the um in in the book body talk um that we'll we'll link in the show notes the message is when you eat something with the intention of this is delicious my body loves this I'm giving my body um the um gift of of nourishment and love and, and deliciousness, that's mm -hmm. how it's going to impact you. So that's something that I would love to dig deeper into, which, you know, I'm, it, it takes, it takes consistency, which we, we know I lack, um, <laughs> but what a cool concept. And I, you know, to think about the energy in which you eat something. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. Definitely. And um, so you and I have talked about this privately, because this is something that I experienced in a in a ceremony, um, and this was um, an ayahuasca ceremony. So I don't I don't think that you need to do ayahuasca to get here. I think that you can get here on your own. It's just for me, it was just that like I never set the intention to do it, and my body was like screaming at me, like, "Hey, we need to talk." So uh, in ceremony, at one point, my body was just like very uncomfortable and and very just like I like angry with me and and I first I was like oh god you're upset because you don't want this you know you don't want the ayahuasca in you like you're mad because you know and and so I was like okay let's talk so I had this whole conversation with my body where 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 I'm like okay let's talk let's talk about what what do you not like and so and we start talking <laughs> 
<laughs> and and this is very much just like just intuitive because it's not like not like a literal voice talking back to me. But no, but you, it's your inner, yeah. it's your inner hearing, yes. it's your intuition, yeah. yeah, it's your higher self. Yeah. So so it starts telling me like um I don't like I don't like fried foods. I don't like fried foods. I don't like fried chicken. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> no. And so we start talking about, you know, all the things that it doesn't like. It doesn't like, it doesn't like that. It doesn't like super spicy, super spicy um, stuff, super spicy food. Um, it does not like alcohol. It definitely does not like alcohol when it is mixed with food. Like, please don't ever do that again was, was essentially the message there. Um, and so we, we got on this whole thing of like, okay, these are all the things I don't like. These are all the things I don't, I don't want to do anymore. And then we also had a conversation of, okay, what do you like? And we talked about that. Like we talked about like, really like massages. I'm like, of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we talked about all the things we, we did, we do like, and so, you know, definitely made notes on all those things. Um, but then, then I was like, okay, all right. Got it. So these are the things you don't and these are the things you do. Now I need you to work with me because if you yep. don't want me to have the fried foods and you don't want me to have the fried chicken, then you got to help me not crave it. Like, because right. if I if I crave it, like it's really hard for me to say no. So let's work together. If we're not going to do that, then you got to like help me not want it. So, you know, um, uh, and it's crazy because I don't crave it. And like my yeah. kids, my kids like love that stuff. And I don't buy it for them. My my mom does. But they'll come home with like raising canes or some, you know, some fried chicken stuff or whatever. And I and I've looked at it and I see it and I'm just like, yeah, that doesn't look good at all. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> whereas before mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, let me have a piece. <laughs> it, working with your higher self is so it's so impactful. It's so important. And it's such a really great step to take to say, okay, I'm going to be accountable for the things that I'm putting in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, but also to sort of surrender and say, but I need help. Um, you know, obviously, because when you think of it, your higher self, your oversoul is your oversoul, right? So how, when you incarnate, it's just a portion of that oversoul gets put into the physical body. It's like a spark, mm-hmm. right? It's that that flame. Mm-hmm. Think of yourself as Fiora, as the flame, but your true self or your more complete self is your oversoul, your higher self. Yeah. And you're just an extension of that. And the higher self has the ability to say, no, yeah. I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. So, but, but because of free will, we have to ask for help, not just with food. It's with intuitive development. It's with anything. Yeah. You have to say, okay, spirit, I need your yeah. help. Yeah. It, my legs are tingling yeah. right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I started to do after that was before I start any exercise is just take, take like two minutes. It doesn't have to take very long, but just take a couple minutes to check in with my body and and talk about okay like what are we here for what do we hope to achieve like what is the purpose of this workout and it's like yeah. What's the intention? it's yeah exactly yeah. what is the intention it's like just to feel stronger to feel like we did something today like it doesn't have to be yeah. that complicated um mm-hmm. it, it just to to feel 
more energized to feel whatever just to like allow ourselves to feel the power of our muscles like i mean it can be whatever you want but um just taking that moment to tune in and most importantly to thank the body and be like well you know what thank you thank you for for being here for allowing me to have you know the motivation the strength the you know the tenacity to get through this, to do this. And then at the end, again, just thank it like, hey, we did it. Like, it's awesome. And just like you celebrate yourself. And that brings me to another point of self-validation versus outside validation. Um, I'm personally like I always I recommend hiring personal trainers, especially if you've never like worked in a gym and you want to go and start you know, working on in a gym, it helps to uh, get you familiarized with things and kind of structure workouts for yourself if that's something that you want to do. Um, it also helps with accountability and all that. But it's also easy to fall into a trap of needing that outside validation, outside motivation, outside accountability. And it's almost like, oh, well, if I don't have anyone holding me accountable, like I'm not going to do it anymore. Well, learning to give yourself self-validation. Um, and actually, I listened to, um, it's a podcast called The Adult Chair with Michelle Chafant. And it's it's a it's a great podcast for um, uh, psychotherapy. Like I just, I, I, one of my friends recommended it a while ago and I, I listen to episodes all the time. She has one on this and she talks about it. And it's actually very simple. Uh, self-validation is something as simple as just like giving yourself a little high five in your head. Like that was awesome. You know, you did great. Or that, you know, like I, I, I made that meal. That looks awesome. Um, good job, you know good job, Fiora. Like, it, you know, it doesn't have to be a big celebration. You don't have to tell anyone else about it. It's just for you. And getting into that mode of giving yourself self-validation as you go along with your day um, and how it becomes natural and you stop searching for outside validation because you get it from yourself. Yeah. It sounds similar to, you know, showing appreciation to spirit. You know how I always talk about um, gratitude versus appreciation, that gratitude has a little bit of yes. a, of, of a, of a, I'm undeserving feel. So instead it's appreciation. So you know, you're always, we're always told show appreciation for this, for that gratitude is, you know, the thing, but do we ever show it to ourselves? Because we are spirit again, yeah. we're that 25%, we're that spark. So, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, incorporating that and shifting your perspective, um, that gratitude goes both ways, it, you know, and we seek validation internally, um, we don't need it externally. Yeah. We don't look for it. It's not something, you know, that is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think, you know, one of the one of the things that we wanted to talk about was shame and sexual trauma and all of that, you know, and we sort of touched on it a little bit earlier. Yeah. But um, the shame is something that is we we inherit that we learn that right where does that shame come from so yeah. i specifically want to talk about empaths so when you're an empath you have the ability to feel and experience other people's emotions yes. you feel them with your body but if you don't know you're an empath much like a child would not know because the majority of you know um abuse and trauma takes place as a child because one human being is, um, you know, can, can control children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So when you take that on, it's important to understand that as an empath, you're feeling other people's emotions and you're taking those on as yours because you don't have the emotional capacity to compartmentalize or to say, those aren't my emotions. Yeah. You know, you're just a little baby or a little, you know, a little four or five year old in my, my, in my instance, it was, you know, um, a young child, mm-hmm. six, five, six, seven, eight. You don't know that those feelings aren't yours. Mm-hmm. And so how those then find space and root in your body and in your process, your, your thoughts, your mindset is the shame because you're feeling the shame of your abuser. And so then now that shame becomes self-directed. And so one of the things that I've had to work on for years and years and years and years and years is looking at a situation And saying, I'm not going to feel shame about this. This is not my shame. Mm -hmm. This is learned in a learned response or learned emotion. So shame is huge when it comes to, um, you know, processing body weight and diet and all that stuff. So earlier when I touched on, you know, that the weight gain is a subconscious attempt to hide your femininity and desirability, and then you ask yourself, why do I fear desirability? Mm-hmm. Or I ask myself, why do I fear desirability? And why do I fear being attractive? Mm-hmm. It's because those things um, are subsets of shame. Okay. Shame, okay. you know, um, and then also desirability. Why would one feel uh, f- fear desirability? Because if you're desirable, then people want you and then people can hurt you. Yeah. Because ultimately we have to be vulnerable in order to let that good love in, right? The, the love that pays off, the love that keeps us safe and protected. And But we also have to have that discernment on how to, who to let into our lives. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, this person, you know, is more than likely not going to hurt me, yeah. you know, but and then the same with being attractive, you know, um, the, the, the shadow says, well, if you don't find me attractive, then there's no fear of me getting hurt. Right. But then that's keeping you from finding somebody who does want you find you attractive so that you can have a healthy, you know, relationship. So all of that is tied to shame there. Of course, Brene Brown has the, the book, um, or she has several books on the topic of shame. And so I recommend anybody who does that deeper work and peels the onion and finds that shame at the core to really dig into it because um, it's like there's a spectrum. Shame is a spectrum and um, you have to really uncover that. Uh, yeah, I think with shame, the first the first step with any of this is just acknowledging it, right? Like acknowledging that it's there and that's the first step to working through it. Yeah, and, and acknowledging that it's nothing to – shame is nothing to be ashamed of. Shame shame is a result of, of other people's or, or ideologies or it, – it, it's, it's, it's not something that's real. It's something that's perceived. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It's an emotion. that onion, mm-hmm. it's an emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a feeling, mm-hmm. um, temporary, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah, and then, yeah, just definitely allowing yourself to – to entangle it and understand where it comes from. And, and I got so much of this is crazy because that, that it's inner child work because even it is, it's- even the, the um, unlearning of things that we learned as children, like um, finishing all the food off your plate, right? Like, yep. you know, yep. there's children starving in, you know, mm-hmm. insert third world country or whatever. And, and now you have to eat all your food, even though you're not hungry anymore. And, detaching yourself from that detaching yourself of like no that's not true also 
recognizing that that is scarcity mentality. Yeah. That that thought of, oh, I'm not going to get enough or there's, you know, I'm not, I'm not never going to have this again or whatever. Like there's not enough of this. No, like allow yourself to believe that, no, I can have this. I can have more of this whenever I want, but I'm full now. So I can be done with it now. I don't have to finish the entire thing. Um, yeah. 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 That's that for, for me has been a big one. You know, something else that's interesting is, you know, sort of um, going back to the comparison, external versus internal, or comparing yourself with someone. You know, we see these, again, um, you know, poor Instagram, we're um, pointing them out today, but we see these Instagram, you know, yogis with their cup of latte and their um, perfect asses, and we say, you know, they're working out every day and how come, and, and I do the same thing. I work out every day and which I don't, but you know, um, how come I don't look like mm-hmm. that? Well, well, you have to also take into consideration who they are. What does their metabolism look like? What were they taught as a child? Yeah. Maybe they were taught these healthy, um, you know, um, coping mechanisms or, um, you know, healthy habits that you weren't taught as a child because, you know, there were other things that you were being taught. Maybe you're better with money or you're, there's so many things that you can't pinpoint when it comes to comparison, but yet we sit there and we look at body, hair, and their perceived success Mm -hmm. because you all know those people that when they post on the socials and it looks like they have this perfect life when you know for a fact they do not have a perfect life. Yeah. So you can't compare yourself to. Yeah, definitely. And then it's, it's not a coincidence that a lot of the people who are on there as big like yoga instructors and stuff have the same like slender, tall body or whatever. And they didn't get there because of yoga like no they, you know they, they that's their natural body that's just their natural body and they just happen to do yoga and mm-hmm. uh, you know and unfortunately it feeds into this perception of like oh if I do yoga mm-hmm. I'm be super skinny and slender it's like yeah that's not your body like that's not what your body's like you know mm-hmm. how it's made so it's just I'm sorry but you just can't you can't do that so that again goes back to that reiteration and this is what I've focus on a lot for myself is that I can only be a better version of myself and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can only be the best version of yourself Mm -hmm. or better version, best version, Uh whatever, whatever. Remember the other day we were talking and I was trying to figure out that word, you know, that word that says my best version, my perfect version, Mm -hmm. because you want to find a word that doesn't place undue expectations on yourself, but also that says, I just want to be the best version of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, finding sort of that intention is really important for people because then you can say that every day. I have these stickers and um, I'm going to give a couple away um, to people in the group the Zoom uh, call? to join our Zoom call. Okay. Um, and the sticker is one that you you put them on your mirror. And the stickers say, um, my reflection in my mirror does not um, reflect my value in life. Or it's something along those lines, but I have one on my mirror. Um, And I got those from, um, I found them on Instagram and I thought they were lovely. And I bought like 20 of them. So um, just to give them away randomly. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I'm working on for my next shadow work class is that doing just uh, a self-love, a body love meditation and just really learning to tune in to to your body um and 
also creating a daily practice of that because for me like verbal affirmations have always felt really weird but I have no problem like saying stuff to myself in my head which you know that's well, you know, that's, I feel like it's just as good. So it, again, overall over encompassing message of all this is you have to find what works for you and then just do what works for you and shedding that comparison and shedding that. And that's why it's okay to try different things, but it's important to recognize that there aren't any shortcuts, like quick fixes don't last. And if anything, it, it's more, it becomes more damaging in the long run if you try to take a shortcut by, you know, drinking a bunch of laxative teas or, um, you know, squeezing your ribs with corsets or I don't know, weird shit. And I don't know what people are doing now, but um, yeah, it's just, it's taking it one day, one day at a time and giving yourself grace that it nothing happens overnight um and that's if you want to i mean because what's wrong with just also just being okay with sometimes it's okay to just be happy where you're at but also like you can love your body and also want it to change like those two things don't necessarily have to contradict each other nope 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 and there's and the good thing is there's so many um you know people out there um that you can follow that um you know on the socials that can inspire you um there are a ton of people out there into body consciousness and body acceptance and all of those things so find that person that works for you and you know yeah um just to sort of have that sort of support system it, yeah. it's true yeah there are plenty mm-hmm. of women out there who have larger bodies. I mean, our favorite, um, Izzo, I mean, or Lizzo, sorry. Oh my God. I said it. Izzo, Tom Izzo. I'm kind of a basketball freak. Um, Lizzo, that woman has no shame in her game. None, not one ounce of shame in her game. And she's big and juicy and beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. 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 And a lot of it has to do with confidence and the way that she puts herself out there, you know, and mm-hmm. on top of being super talented. But super yeah. Talented, yeah. <laughs> but you don't have to be super musically talented to be confident in yourself. Like that it's no. it's confidence comes from radical self acceptance. Radical self acceptance. Good word. Good word. Good phrase. Yeah. And and once you accept that and accept yourself and and it's hard we talked about this it's hard it's hard to say like you've got to love your body before you can like you know really get to where you want to be and it's so much easier to say like well just love yourself but it's the small steps that get you there and and knowing that yeah you're not going to go from like hating yourself today to loving yourself tomorrow maybe but giving yourself that grace of knowing that you're taking the steps and you're taking the time and you're also educating yourself so that you can release things that oh no longer serve you and you can release things that you may have learned in the past that you thought were helpful but just but they they aren't anymore um do you think that i i believe that people can still not be completely happy with their body but but also have confidence and be confident and be self-assured and know who they are and all that stuff, but still think, I wish my, you know, my hips were smaller or my thighs were smaller, or, you know, I didn't have such a big butt or whatever. I still think. 
um, that you can have all those things. I just think it's a more complicated relationship. I think it is more complicated. I think, though, if you do feel that way, I would question why. Like, where does that come from? Like, why do I want to have smaller thighs? You know, like, wh- why? Because mm-hmm. because I've seen other women with smaller thighs and I like how that looks mm-hmm. on them. But then again, mm-hmm. accepting. But yeah, but that's their mm-hmm. body. That's not my body. And right. and maybe like looking at it from a different perspective of I have strong thighs. I have strong legs and I I like that they're strong and that's it. Yeah, and maybe yeah. not nitpicking so much at, at the, the little things and even just like, okay, the idea of fucking cellulite and how it's a bunch of bullshit because newborn babies have cellulite and, and it was all just created by some company trying to sell us shit that like they pointed it out as something that's quote unquote wrong with you and that you should fix it. And here's the product to fix it. So Again, recognizing that some of the things that people may deem as quote unquote flaws, it's actually just a bunch of bullshit. Someone trying to sell you something to fix something that's actually not wrong with you. Well, to a certain degree, I think, right? Because when I look in the mirror, I know I'm a confident person. I know that I can walk into a room and I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, I'm afraid, I'm afraid or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever confidence looks like. Mm -hmm. But when I look at the mirror, there are, ver- there are aspects of my body. I am an apple shape, so I carry all of my weight in my belly. And so that is really, that's not the place when you want to look like, you know, like you have a, you know, a waist or like I can't wear wrap dresses. I love wrap dresses. I cannot wear wrap dresses. I look like a caramel apple that's been wrapped in <laughs> fabric. I cannot do it. But I also have very shapely legs and arms Mm -hmm. and I don't have, I don't carry a lot of weight on my legs. So there are parts of my body that I love, but there are also parts of my body that not necessarily that I hate, but I don't like them because they cause me to feel not feminine or uncomfortable or self-conscious. So dealing with those, I can still be confident about who I am, but also be self-conscious about, you know, my, my waist, you know? And so that's where it's where I'm coming from, where it's like, okay, so what do I do? How do I integrate that? Like, what do I, how can I work on that or focus on that and say, I'm not going to allow this to stop me from doing anything, you know? Um, But also at the same time, I still can have take issue with it, I guess. Um, it's, it's hard. So if we could talk about how confidence in life may, how you can translate that over into confidence in your body. So if you've developed confidence in your life, you've learned to speak highly of yourself, right? Uh, at yeah. least at least to yourself. You, know, you don't have to sound like, you know, some boastful whatever egotistical person but just in yourself you're just like yeah like I I I can do this I got this whatever success looks like for you and the things that go on in your head like how that translates over into your body as far as I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna sit here and say like oh no I can't get anything done or I'm lazy or I'm I don't know, like, I I suck at this. I don't know this. Like, no, I'm going to say, like, I can learn this. I I don't know that yet, but I can get there. So same thing with your body. It's like, what good does tearing it down do for you? 
nothing because it's not that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't cause change same thing in in your in your career life beating up on yourself does not cause you to do better if anything do you just feel awful because now it's like no one's cheering for you so what's wrong with cheering for yourself with cheering for your body with like hey like today's gonna be a good body day like we're we're gonna like we feel good today like thank you even it's something as simple like as that and when you if you look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like nor maybe normally you're like oh like oh have like you know extra here extra there whatever you're just like you know what I feel good I feel good today and that's it it doesn't have to be like you don't have to necessarily like no one's telling you to lie to yourself right right but but it's just the acceptance of like you know what I feel good today Mm -hmm. and that's it maybe not maybe not overcomplicating it or or focusing on you know um well I really like the way that my ankles, you know, look today, (laughs) you know, just something about yourself. You know, um, I've always been very self-complimentary of my own teeth. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it, it, there is, it is a process, right? It's, it's uncovering all of the shadow and then addressing each and every circle. So if you think of it like the astrological pie, right? Mm -hmm. 12 houses, Mm -hmm. each house contains a different challenge to deal with. And so, you know, um, you know, I, that would probably actually be a really good way to, to focus on all of those throughout the year. Each month you focus on a different challenge in your life and yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I, I've mentioned this before with, I teach us in my manifesting class about using your astrological sign to manifest. Yeah. But in the same way of using your astrological sign, so not not to get super, super specific, you don't really need to do that, but just understanding what earth elements maybe rule you. So um, I would go either by, I would say most likely your rising sign, because your rising sign is how you present yourself to the world. Um, and so taking a note of that, and are you a fire sign? Are you an earth sign, an air sign? And or water sign and incorporating that into maybe what you do for your activity, because it's likely that those activities that that work, for example, water is easy. Like if you like to go swimming and you happen to be a a rising water sign, maybe swimming would probably feel pretty good. Um, If you are a fire sign, maybe you need to sweat like maybe that that's Mm -hmm. what feels really good to to a rising fire sign. If you're an air, what's Libra air? So if you're air, maybe it's just going for a walk. Maybe it's doing breath work. Maybe it's just like you said, doing yoga, like yoga, stretching, breath work go perfectly hand in hand. And that's probably why it feels really good for you specifically to do that. Um, And then grounding so grounding is probably just like uh for earth for earth elements doing stuff outside like hiking you know out just being outdoors connecting to the earth grounding type of exercises Mm -hmm. i mean you've just really you've just nailed it seriously i don't i love all of those things yoga stretching you know mostly stretching and just and then and then being outside so when i'm stretching outside i'm i'm the happiest i could be or walking or hiking or whatever Mm mm-hmm and I'm I'm a Sagittarius rising, so I I need the I need the sweat. I, ah, that's I, the fire. And I, and I sweat like crazy, so it's sort of probably, yeah, yeah. That I would actually that. be a really cool thing to to you know give people um, like a class on how to do your uh, like a yeah 
I'll probably incorporate and that into the class. Into the class. All yeah. right. Hey, see, listen, y'all, y'all got to sign up for this class she's going to be offering. So, and we'll talk more about it on the call um, and some of the ways yes. that we can, you know, maybe stretch this call out if people are interested into a couple months or, you know, something. Yep. Uh, all right. Okay. Wow. Well, that's a great, that was a great talk. We um, talked about a lot of different aspects of yeah. accepting your body and diet culture and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think overall, just giving yourself grace and knowing that it's not going to happen overnight and that's okay. It's human. You're yeah. part of, you're having a human experience and it's yeah. just learning. It really is. It really is. You know, and then when you think of it from that and from that aspect, you know, how many, I mean, we choose our body. We know um, in the pre-incarnation stage, what our body is going to look like. We know what the, the potential challenges, we know what it, it's going to look like at optimal health and what it's going to look like at the, you know, where it's not particularly healthy. Um, and so those are personal choices. So then you have to ask yourself, well, what lesson does this teach me? Yep. You know, for me, I know that it ties into the um, life as a prostitute, um, where the body was um, ultimately, um, you know, it was it was the desired part, but then uh, the emotion, people, women, women were desired for their bodies, but mm -hmm. then they were treated like shit sure. or not desired mm -hmm. for other things. Mm -hmm. So I have to figure out, you know, well, well, how does that incorporate? Yeah. What lesson does that incorporate? Yeah. Yeah. What do you got there? Are you got an Oracle deck? I did, yes. It's uh, it's Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back deck. All right. Let's. What does Gabby have for us today? It says, I always trust the direction of the universe and know I'm being guided. <gasps> Look at that. See, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> you cannot make it up. Do you have anything for the closing vibe? Uh, I mean, I feel like that was the closing vibe. <laughs> that was the closing vibe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything. So um, you... Thank you for joining us for um, the first episode of season two. Um, you can find us on all of the socials under Esoterics Podcast. And if you are not already a part of our Facebook community, um, it's called the Esoterics Community. Um, you get to hear firsthand about all of our services, events, and courses, and retreats, and um, as well as um, get um, intuitive development tips, which I have been lax, but um, I'm going to make a commitment to start doing those more. Um, card pulls, free meditations, just a whole lot more. Yep. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. It would mean the world to us. It's as easy as sharing a screenshot on your Insta stories. And don't forget to tag us because we love to oh, share. We love that. Yes, we love that. And thank you for sharing space with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and ready to do it again next week. Yay. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.